Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four, five, six of the Juice Box Podcast. Yes, that's right. Episode 456 is here for your pleasure. Today, we speak with Caitlin. I don't want to tell you too much about this because the notes I made for this show just said, let me find it for you real quick. Like I make a little note for myself after I do the edit. It said, Caitlin, edited, meaning I'm done with it. So many issues. Please remember while you're listening to those issues that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. This episode is also sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter, and you can find out more about that meter and much, much more at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. And please don't forget to check out the T1D Exchange, t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. I use the word more. I almost said more. I use the word more, more than I wanted to while I was talking about the contour next one, but it's a really great meter. So don't let my horrible alliteration stop you from going to contour forward slash juice box. My name is Kate and I'm the mother of three kids. My oldest of whom is a type one diabetic amongst other things. I don't really know what else to say. I'm, you know, typical busy mom in this super crazy time, uh, trying to, you know, figure out how to keep everyone healthy and alive. <laughs> that seems like all of our lives, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hi, I'm Caitlin, and I'm just like all of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know. I, I listened to the podcast, and I wasn't, I kind of felt like, intrigued and I wanted to talk to you because I mean everyone's story is a little bit different and I know in our case um, it was it obviously flipped our world upside down but it wasn't as much as I've heard from other parents because I guess we'd already had moments where our world was completely flipped upside down before and I thought that's what was interesting to me okay and I kind of wanted to share do you have any autoimmune issues or you're you're is it your husband or sperm no. donor? I don't know who that guy is. Is he, you know, are you married, I guess? Yes, I'm married. Okay, gotcha. Um, almost uh, almost 12 years oh. or 13. I, I've lost track at this point. After 10, it's like, what? <laughs> I got you a card for our anniversary. Wait, why? <laughs> I don't even think, honestly, last last time, last anniversary, it was like, happy anniversary. I, make, I made a cake. <laughs> Did you? That was nice. Uh, and that was it because we were just both too tired to do anything. <laughs> it's this, totally not romantic. My last anniversary was, hold on a second, I think 24 years. 
it was just by the way it was two months ago and i'm not i'm not 100 it's definitely 24 years let's just say it was definitely 24 years and um <laughs> my anniversary gift from my wife was i um i came downstairs and she said she goes hey and i'm like yeah she goes i really did want to get you a card <laughs> and i said what's that she goes i i just didn't have time and i was like oh and I actually found that to be sweet. I was like, oh, she was considering getting a card. How nice is that? <laughs> so the cake will disappear soon too. <laughs> but but my my point is is that any is there any autoimmune at all in the history of your family line, either side that you're aware of? Um I guess the only thing I know of is my sister who has uh, thyroid issues. Okay. And other than that, there was nothing. That's a yes. So uh, was your sister, do you know much about it? Was she hyperthyroid? Hypo. Hypo. Yeah. And she was diagnosed in her uh, mid-20s. Gotcha. Um, any real issues managing it? Like, is she in a puddle on the floor somewhere or is she functioning? <laughs> well, she's functional. Um, you know, she has two kids of her own. And I know that time was rough because your thyroid is just very different when you're pregnant. But other than that, I think, you know, a few adjustments here and there, but everything usually works okay. Wow. She had two kids. So she yeah. really wanted those kids or she's incredibly un not careful one or the other, but uh <laughs> <laughs> she wanted those kids. She gotcha. definitely did. She worked. Sounds like she worked for them. Um, I like to, I like to say that, uh, you know, it, it, I pushed her a bit. Maybe. <laughs> What'd you do? You had a kid and she's like, Oh, I didn't know we were in a race. <laughs> well, you know, a little sibling rivalry. I like to joke about that, but no, I, I mean, I'm the younger one. Uh, by two and a half years, and I had all three of my kids before she had one. Oh, so maybe there was a little pressure, but I don't think it was that. I mean, you know, her husband was in school and he wanted to finish school before starting a family, and I was just like, "Why would I wait?" <laughs> well, you don't have to wait for her to go first, do you? No, exactly. Yeah. Like, why would I wait? Like, I can go to school and be pregnant. What are you talking about? <laughs> well. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> but why? That's the question. Yeah. Why? I mean, what did you really win? Honestly, you you won this story. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so what was the, um, your daughter, right? Yeah, my okay. oldest. Yeah. And how old is she now? She is 11, almost 12. Okay. Um, real quick before we start, you have the thing Jenny has. Sometimes when you're making a point, you're tapping something, which is cool for you, but don't do it for me. Okay. I'm not tapping anything. You're not tapping That's anything? Weird. You're not doing I'm like the... Nope. No. Okay. All right. Well, then I'm having a stroke. Call 911. This is my address. <laughs> <laughs> it might be my microphone. I tested it yesterday, but I don't think there's any noise in it. Oh, you're super clear. I'm sorry. It just felt like you were tapping something. But okay. But Jenny I'll does... I'll try to stay more still. I was picking my fingernail. Oh. Bad habit. Wouldn't that, ama wouldn't that be amazing if that was it? I cracked my knuckles the other day. And then when I went back to edit, it was there. It was just like click, click, click. And I was like, oh, geez, I'm going to stop doing that. Um, strange what sounds that the microphone picks up. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I'm sorry. There it was again. Are you not moving or anything's happening? No. All right. Okay, don't worry about it. I'll stop thinking about it and we'll keep going. Because your kid's got 8 million issues and we need to get through all of them. We don't have enough time for me to be dilly-dallying about other stuff. So uh, <laughs> what was the first thing to come up and how old was she? Well, um, it, the first thing was at four months old. Holy crap. You didn't, and <laughs> I didn't she's your first one. Time. Yeah. You I didn't waste been. any time on that one. I mean, they, everyone likes to say I didn't waste any time, you know, getting married and having kids either. Um, but 
Now, I was feeding her her cereal. The first time I fed her the cereal that, you know, the, just add water and you mix it and it's got whatever. Yeah. And she was doing what any baby would do, dribbling it mostly over her chin, but some of it got in her mouth, I assume. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I fed her, I was cleaning her up because they make a total mess. And I was noticing like something was weird and she was looking kind of red and she wasn't happy. And like something in the back of my head said, there's something wrong here and you should maybe take her to the doctor. And I was like, no, no, I don't have to do that. There's nothing wrong. It's like, it's just cereal. Mm -hmm. And like maybe five minutes later, she was getting crankier and I'm like, no, what, you know, I'm going to be the paranoid parent first kid. I'm going to go to the ER. Yeah. And I put her in the car and I drove to the ER and that was like maybe 10 minutes away from my house. And I picked her up, I parked the car, picked her up in my arms and walked into the emergency room. And as I walked in, she was, well, she was screaming at that point. And as I walked in, she went gray pale and lost consciousness. No kidding. And I went up to the nurse. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to take a number, but like, there's something wrong. And she's like, what happened? I'm like, I fed her cereal. And now she's like, she's like, that's not normal. Come in here. And they called a code. Wow. And they rushed her into the back and stuck her with a ton of needles and put an IV in. And I was like in total shock. And so that was my first like brush with death moment with her. Wait, your first one? Yeah. Are there going to be more? Oh, there's more. Because well, um, that almost killed me. I just got to be honest. <laughs> well, honestly, I thought like I, I was super paranoid. It, it ended up that she has an anaphylactic allergy to dairy. Okay. And because the cereal had milk powder in it that she had a reaction to it kidding, and it was really bad. So I was given an EpiPen for my four month old baby and told that here's a consult for an allergist. Don't give her anything with dairy in it and you can go home. Wow. Okay. Listen, let's take a a short (laughs) pause here because I don't do this often, but let me just get a piece of clean paper on my notepad and put this off to the side where I can get to it because I have a feeling I'm going to lose track. So hold on a second. Uh, Dairy. Four months, first almost died. Got it. All right, now um, you you call your husband at, from the hospital, or how does that go? Well, he was there when I was feeding her, so he knew I was going. Oh, did but did he come to the hospital? Uh, no, he wasn't there that time. Um, he was he watching he was sports, going to work. Or oh, something, okay. Right. Or I'm not sure. I, I called him. I I think he came right afterwards. Okay, because. You know, even when I left, I'm like, I'm probably just being paranoid, but I'm going to go take it just to be, just to be sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I left at that moment. Cause had that happened when I was in the car, I don't know if I would have arrived to the hospital with a baby that was alive in time. That's insane. because her blood pressure went just, it bottomed out. Wow. Her, her heart like almost stopped basically. I- uh, and I mean, they brought her back really quickly and it seemed like, okay, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> you know, she's fine now. I mean, I left like. That night from the hospital, they watched us for the whole day and put her on monitors and everything. And then once everything was fine, they sent her home. So I was like, okay, no, I have an EpiPen. I know how to use it. I used to teach first aid and CPR. So I know how to do this. Yeah. I got this. Like, no dairy. What's, you know, how hard we'll could be that fine. be? Yeah. By the way, I would have never had another baby if I was you. Like, that would have um, been it. I, but Actually, that did come into the conversation Yeah, <laughs> when we had another one. Um, but the other one happened so fast. So, hey, you know what? I'm really 
you'll never know for sure. But I think after you left for the hospital, your husband immediately called his mother and said, Mom, I don't know what to do. I think Caitlin's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) She just took the baby to the hospital because she gave gave the baby cereal. The baby got a little red and now she's gone. And uh, yeah, he'll never admit that to you if he ever had that thought in between the time you left for the hospital and when he found out what happened. Uh, but, But that's, well, listen, good for you. I mean, a lot of this podcast is talking about trusting your instincts, right? So exactly. you really did save her life. Do you hold that over her head now? She's she's getting older. Oh, I have a lot more to hold over her head. So that, that's oh. like the minor things. No. Okay. So seriously. So then you go home, you just avoid dairy. Does that go well? Or did you, I mean, did you run into more problems? I mean, it's so hard at first because you don't realize like everything that has dairy in it. And it's not just like everyone's like, oh, you know, you can't eat lactose. No, but it's, it's the protein in dairy. And it's in everything, like all those whey protein powder shakes, that's Mm. dairy powder. That's dairy protein. They put whey powder in hot dogs to increase the protein content. They put it as a preservative in some meats, like it's everywhere. Mm. So it it was kind of like, wow, I have to go back to relearning how to read labels and calling companies and figuring out what's in their food. And did it come in contact with something because like it, it, it was so nerve wracking to begin with. And I had to find a, a, what we like to call the hippie store that has all the green organic everything Yeah. because the cereal that the baby cereal that I used for her could only be bought at those stores. No regular grocery store had it. Oh my God. And so, so it was how, a learning curve. Can I ask and, you how old you are at that moment? Uh, I was, I guess 23. Oh, holy sh. I didn't expect the curse, <laughs> but that's crazy. 23. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you I were said, like I, a kid. I, was, uh, I said, why wait? Yeah, but you were. Um, but as a little background, my husband's 13 years older than me, so there was this a little, son of a, like, look he didn't want to be wait, ancient. Hold on a second, okay. Caitlin. How do you work this out? What's going on? How long did you date? All right. Hold on a second, everybody. We now need we're to, going back. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the I other I knew this spot. would come up. I knew it would come well, up. You brought it up, Caitlin. By the way, Caitlin said in one of her emails to me, I'm craving adult interaction. I thought, oh, she's going to be great on the podcast. So you go ahead. Spill. How did this happen? And I'm craving adult interaction so much more, so much more since COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to specify. Right. Um, well, I met I met him at a friend's birthday party, mm-hmm. and you know, at, at that time I was like 21 and he was 34. So you just thought it would be fun to have sex you with know, older guys guy. aren't as mature as women. I don't <laughs> know if you've noticed that. Oh, so I, we kind of hit it off. <laughs> you let me take another sideline with you for a second. Standing in my yard the other day, I see my neighbor who's like 63 and we're talking and out of I don't know where the conversation went. But I said to him, I was like, you know, I really think I'm turning into a person. <laughs> and He said, <laughs> he goes, what? I said, well, I'm, I just turned 49. I said, I feel like I'm I'm starting to mature. Like I really do. I think in the last five years I'm really pulling it together. And I wasn't kidding. I really meant that. Like I think I'm finally forming into a human being. <laughs> so I take your point. So you had to reach up into the thirties to find somebody who could talk to you like they were twenty one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But also, I mean, I had a lot of life experience at that point, probably more than most. So What does that mean? Um I was in the system for a bit before I turned 18 and then, you know, I'd gone to foster homes and such and I'd had jobs and I'd gotten to a car accident that kind of made me realize that I had to do something important with my life and 
kind of grow up. And I had actually met him like four months after my car accident. It wasn't a huge car accident, but still, it made me think. This episode is going to be two hours long. So I um, my car, basically. Wait, wait, in the system, you met the foster system? Yeah. Did you? Well, but you I, mentioned I, your I parents with earlier. I my dad near the end of it, but I was followed by a social worker for like three years. Because something someone did to you or because something you did to something else? Uh, How do you end up like that? I had a hard time describing it, really. I don't know. I just, I didn't get along with my mother, who I lived with. Mm -hmm. And so we had some issues with running away because she just didn't get me. And then I ended up, like, my dad wasn't sure he could take me. So I ended up in a group home uh, doing a little bit of time in juvie, but mostly because they just didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. And every time they put me somewhere, I would do something bad and get kicked out. So they're like, well, you're going in there because they can keep you locked up in there. What part of the country? Uh, I'm in Canada. Oh my goodness. This is so wrong. Canadians are supposed to be nice. Let me write that well, down. They were nice. <laughs> well, wait, I'm just saying that those people were nice, but you're apparently you and your mom didn't get along well. I thought if there was a fight in Canada that it just devolved into eating maple syrup with a spoon and everybody laughing. That's not what happens? <laughs> no, and I didn't take out my dueling glove either. <laughs> Have you I ever seen a Mountie? Like, uh, our personality has kind of never jived, and I I don't know. I don't I don't really want to go too No, I'm not asking. Don't go any farther than you want to. But I hear you had problems with your mom. You ended up in that situation. You wrecked a car, I'm assuming, under some sort of influence. Am I right? Nope. No. No, actually. Just drove it in a I wall? I was just driving a little bit too fast on an exit ramp and my tire blew out and I wrapped it around a pole at 70 kilometers an hour. And luckily it was the passenger side that hit first because the passenger side was in my lap. Oh my God. So if I had hit the other way, it probably would have been a lot worse. I didn't break anything, but looking at it afterwards and, you know, I was like, okay, wait, like I need to figure something out and find a plan for my life because- just going to work and going home and that's just not enough for me. I need to do something worthwhile. Well, well, so that was your moment where you were just like, I'm all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be a a productive part of this world and for myself maybe. And if not for everybody else. Yeah. And not reproductive. That wasn't the original plan. I got (laughs) to say just because, you know, it'd be like, you had a car accident, then you met a guy and you had a baby. It didn't quite go exactly like that. All right. Well, let's get back to this party where we're, um, you know, the superstar hits you up and, and you're, you're getting along and everything and how, and you're married in a couple of years. Yeah, it was actually really fast. Um, I don't know. We just had a pretty good connection right away. We conversation was really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both had different, like very different life experiences, but we were both kind of in the system for a bit and had trouble with our parents. And, you know, he was in the military before, Um, so he had a lot of army stories and stuff, which was cool. And we realized when we were chatting that, you know, we lived pretty close together and we had similar goals in life. And we just, I didn't start off with the intention of dating. It was just chatting. And then we went to dating and then I don't know, it took like two months for me to move into his house. Cause I mean, at the time I was just living in my dad's basement. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I was happy to get out of there. And then, um, then a few months, I guess, into it, he proposed maybe nine months after we started seeing each other. 
Wow, Caitlin. And then, you know, a few months after he proposed, I got pregnant. And then we're like, okay, so our plan to get married the year later just got pushed up a year. Right. And then we planned a a wedding in like two months. Wow. And then some handful of months later, you really are a very mature person standing in a hospital with a baby who's unconscious. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that probably matured you another 10 years, that moment, huh? Ugh. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I feel like that sometimes. Like, there's sometimes things that happen, they just level you up, I guess, for, you know, I don't know how to say it otherwise, but you just go from one level of uh, understanding, maturity, whatever, to another one in a split second. And I would think a, a, an unconscious baby would, would do that for you. You probably went from 23 to 30 in that afternoon. I feel like it. Yeah. Like, I'm 35 now, but I feel much older. Yeah. Yeah, I have that feeling. I, you know, I, I've been through so much. One thing that the like, especially a big allergy like dairy, one one thing it does is it teaches you that you have to start from scratch. And I never really was a big person that cooked. Mm-hmm. I liked the pre-prepared things that I could just toss in a pot and mix the sauce in with the pasta or ordering in. We used to eat out or order in a lot, and all of a sudden all of that was gone. Yeah. So I had to learn to cook. I had to learn to bake because I was like, well, my kid's first birthday, they're going to need a cake right. and I can't buy a cake from a bakery. I can't buy a cake from a grocery store because they're all made with like dairy. I need to find something. So I learned to bake. I couldn't use one of those boxes, the cake boxes. Okay. And yeah. So all of a sudden it was just like, I had to grow up really fast so you're a pretty clean eating household then right but you 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 know everything that's in your food yeah uh, knowing it and caring about it are two different things though i gotta say how do you mean well i know what's in the food um and just as a little background it's not only dairy that she's allergic to we found out through multiple other reactions she has a few other allergies and we found them out usually all in the same way um, involving, you know, EpiPens and emergency room visits and stuff. Uh, but we, like, she has a lot of food allergies. What so, other things is she allergic to? Or would it be easier to list the things she's not allergic to? <laughs> well, they're just, they're just major things. I mean, she's allergic to eggs. Okay. Also, uh, she's allergic to sesame. She's allergic to peanuts and she's allergic to beef blood. If that makes sense. Beef blood. So she can eat well-cooked beef? Yes. But sometimes it gives her stomach issues. But nonetheless, she can eat beef in theory. Like a spaghetti sauce is fine. Well, so Which beef- is good. Because I had learned to cook with horse meat. And I really didn't like horse meat. Hold on a second. Writing that down. Um, <laughs> wait, so beef blood, because there's a protein in it that gets cooked out? Exactly. Okay. It gets transformed when it heats to a certain temperature. What what about eggs? Do you know what her interaction, her bad interaction is with all these things? Like you said, protein for there's a protein in the dairy, one in the beef. Is there like what about eggs, sesame, and peanuts? Well, it's the the sesame oil. Yet again, it's all a protein. So there's a protein in the sesame oil that she's allergic to. Uh, for the eggs, she's allergic to it. Um, the the yolk, the white end when it's cooked, because some people can tolerate cooked egg, but we tried that and it didn't work. Okay. We tried it at the hospital. Just clarification. The allergist did a test about it and she failed the test. Well, this is my, this, you knew what I was going to ask you because I'm like, how do you test? And do you test every food? Like is, is like the first five years of her life just like, okay, touch this. 
Get in the car. (laughs) Oh, wait, you're okay. Get back out of the car. Like, how do you test the food like that? Well, it it was nerve wracking for the first. I mean, the dairy was one thing. And then at nine months, she was nine months old when we introduced the egg. And she had the reaction to that. And after that, I got like almost like PTSD. Mm. And I don't like overusing the term, but I woke up in night sweats wondering if she was alive. So I'm going to call it PTSD because it took me a few months to get over it. Um, But I was always worried every time I introduced a new food that the reaction would wouldn't appear instantly because it can take like eight hours. And I was worried that she wouldn't be alive when I went and got her in the morning because she would have had a reaction overnight and she's just a baby. She yeah. can't even get out of her crib. Right. So, so um, every time you feed her something new that happens again and again and again, and over and over and over. And it looks like five times it came true. Did you end up yeah. in the hospital each of those five times? Eggs, sesame, et cetera? Yes. Same yes. experience? Was she out? Um, it wasn't exactly the same. It, strangely, the the uh, egg one was like just pro- projectile vomiting. I can't really say it any worse. And she was red and swollen everywhere, but she didn't like pass out or lose consciousness. Mm-hmm. But we had the EpiPen at that point, which made it better. Okay. And I mean, giving an EpiPen to a baby isn't, it doesn't feel right, but it worked. And the first, after the first time I did it, it was like, okay, I can do this. EpiPen, call an ambulance, go to the hospital. Wow. I'm sorry. That's something else. That was, I mean, that was her childhood really. Kind of yours too. Honestly, I I was, I was, I lost my childhood long before that at that point. Well then whatever. That sounds sad, but actually I don't mind. I don't look back and say, oh, what if? Because, you know, it is it is what it is. So I don't want to dig too far into this, but do you enjoy being the kind of parent you wish you would have had? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. And sometimes I feel like I'm not doing the best job that I could, or I'll notice myself saying things that I promised I would never say to my own kids when I before I had them. But I think we all do that. Like, oh my gosh, I sound like my mother. Yeah, I, I I've I think done we've a few all things. Say that at some point. Yeah, I've done a few things that I think my dad did, and but Kelly's good at calling me and being like, "Yo, yo, yo, what are you doing?" And you know, and stopping me pretty quickly, which is very helpful because in the moment, sometimes those things feel like the they feel right because they're kind of all you know. Um, yeah. Okay, so I, hold on, you gotta let me clear my head for a second because my I just had three questions and they take us in three different directions. Um, does she have anything else besides food allergies? Well, she has diabetes. <laughs> yeah. When did well? What came next? I guess after the food allergies should be the question. Well, we figured out all the food allergies, and then uh, in grade one, we figured out she had ADHD, like really badly. And I had my suspicions. How do you um, figure that out? Uh, the teacher said she couldn't sit down for more than thirty seconds at a time. And she flew off the handle very quickly when anything was like went not to plan. She also had like tactile issues. Like she doesn't tolerate certain fabrics of clothing um, or like seams in her socks. Mm -hmm. Uh, She doesn't like those things. Um, Unfortunately, she also doesn't like uh, the feeling of a medical or bracelet or any of those medical IDs. And we've tried lots, um, but she won't wear them. Is ADHD considered autoimmune or is, is no, auto? No, it's separate. 
So that wasn't really autoimmune. It just kind of made everything a little trickier. Um, like for the food allergies, she had to know not to touch anyone else's food because she always had her own food. Yeah. But when you don't have like great self-control and you don't think through your actions. It's hard then- not to want to throw a medium rare steak at your siblings. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we did have a case where she grabbed the milk cup from her sister when she was younger and we, she knew that she wasn't allowed to, but she just picked up the wrong one, even though it was a different color glass yeah. and she drank out of it. And that was another ER visit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the military like uh, scenario that happens. Like she grabs the milk and everybody just goes, Oh, going to the hospital. And then everybody just goes to their positions. And <laughs> is it just like a very orderly situation? Um Get the, you get the EpiPen, I'll get the car running. I mean, you know, one of you has got to clear the caribou out of the driveway so you can get moving and stuff like that. And so... Shovel uh, the 10 feet of snow out of the driveway. Well, first. yeah. I mean, you got to call a Mountie. There's a lot to do. Um, yeah, and the Mountie has to saddle his horse. It, listen, you're making my point for me. There's <laughs> a lot of problems, really. You got to wait till the third period's over. What if it goes into overtime? Uh <laughs> We can't can stream on our cell phones up here, you know. We can't leave now. Pavel Bordy's got a hat trick. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, the ADHD can lead to issues like that. Uh, is there something to do for the ADHD? Uh, she has. She's on medication for it, which helps her a lot during the day to concentrate. There are side effects to it, which are not ideal, but we have to deal with them because the alternative is that she doesn't go to a regular school. It was at the point where the school was like, she, you have to get this under control or we, we're going to have to send her somewhere else because we cannot handle her. Okay. So the medication so that she can stay in school, but you see side effects that you don't like, what are those? Um, mood changes as she's like, her behavior is better, but she's not as happy. Okay. She's and she's still very oppositional. That doesn't really help with the opposition. Um, and it cuts her appetite very like a lot during the day. You should put her in a car and drive it into a pole. <laughs> See if that- I don't think it works at that age though. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well keep it in mind as a backup plan. <laughs> Straighten your ass right out. <laughs> so Yeah, but I was in my twenties. So All right. Well there. just keep it in your head. You know, I'm not, it's not a, it's not advice, but it's an filed idea. for later. It's an it. idea. Uh so, okay. So that's unpleasant and I'm sorry about that. Uh what comes after the ADHD? Um, then it would be the type one. Then you get diabetes. Yeah. How old when that happened? Um, that was Two years ago, actually. When she was nine. Almost exactly. So September 2018. When that happened, did you just think, yeah, of course she got diabetes? <laughs> or or where, where were you in the in, in the ability to accept things as they come? Um, I, I think, actually, that's, that's funny because that's what su- seemed to surprise the doctors so much. Like, because just the way we accepted it. Um, I mean, not to say we were happy about it. And we weren't like, oh, well, of course, something else is going to go wrong. We were we were upset. But at that point, we were like, okay, but this is our life. And we have to deal with it just like everything else that's changed in our life. Yeah. It's just a little more. So, you know, what's it? I mean, it is a big deal. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to trade my kid in because they have medical issues. Right. Which is the funniest thing. Like, oh, well, how do you do it? 
I get that all the time. How do you manage? Well, what's the alternative? You know, it makes me feel like, like, what's the alternative to managing? My kid dies. Yeah, right. I'm not going to not do it. I can't not do it. Uh, But it makes me feel like, uh, you know, those old war movies where the young guys are huddled in the, you know, huddled with their clutching their gun and crying. And there's some wizened guy who's just wandering through while people are shooting and shelling, like, just like, whatever. This is how it goes. People shoot at us um, and doesn't seem to flinch. Uh, it sounds like you're just, you're hardened at this point. You just, you can deal. Yeah. I I think that's it. Like really, I mean, we had our suspicions. There were weird things that were going on at first. I thought it was the ADHD medication she was on. Like she had times where she was just like writhing on the floor and screaming that she wanted something, which was super out of character. I mean, even for an eight year old, um, like water? Like water or just that, like, I don't know what to do. I need to run, but I don't want to run. I need to run, but I don't want to run. And just, like, I don't want to go outside, but I want to go outside. And just this total, like, need to move. Ooh, was the, was the, oh, that's interesting. Do you think it's possible that the effects of the high blood sugar was fighting with the ADHD? I'm thinking so, actually. Like, looking back on it, I thought it was just that she was going through a hard time with, like, adapting to a schedule change or whatever. Right. But looking back, I'm thinking, like, at those times, her blood sugar was probably really high. And we just had no idea. So, she felt terrible, couldn't move, but her brain's telling her we can't sit still. Yeah, because it it needs to burn off energy because she had, like, the excess of sugar. Like, I think that's what it was, but... And it only happened occasionally for maybe like two weeks. And then we went on vacation and we went camping. So for two weeks, she was running around all the time. And we were outside at the beach in the water and like snacking constantly, but at the same time, like burning off stuff. But you're in Canada. How do you go to the beach? Is it just like icebergs and like some sand with rocks? You know, Nova Scotia is really close to Maine. Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're not in antarctica Wait, no so, not that far north yeah, i don't i i gotta get a map i think really take a hard look at I it i can actually if the border were open i'd be able to drive to the u.s in less than two hours oh yeah your kid could run there in 90 minutes just so you know <laughs> <laughs> she is a lot faster than me and i'm not proud of that uh somebody tried to get my son to go to maine to go to college and he, he took a call with with a coach and he got off and he's like, the guy was trying to sell me on the idea of they go hunting. He's like, I don't want to <laughs> shoot anything. <laughs> I said, he's like, I don't want to have to hunt just to play baseball. And I was like, I don't think you do. And he goes, it's a really good school. And I said, yeah, I'm like, I think it's in Canada though. <laughs> Close, but not quite. Yeah. So he's like, I don't, I, I'm not, it's too cold. And I was like, no, I, I hear you. So uh, anyway, I know where Maine is. I just didn't know that, I didn't know you lived near there. Is yeah, all I'm no, saying. I'm I'm in Quebec, not not far from Montreal. Okay, all right. Just um, as a reference point. Yeah, well, then you even laughed. I made a a a Burray reference. He was Vancouver, and you still know Canadians. You know everything about hockey. Seriously, <laughs> I was being polite. You don't? Oh, I you don't? Don't really follow hockey. Get out of here. The only like the only hockey player I love to hear about is Max Domi, and that's because he's the he's JBRF guy. Yeah. And he's he's type one, and he plays for the Montreal Canadiens. All right. So if I yell, skate the ice, you won't immediately yell, shoot the puck afterwards? No. Nothing like that? Okay. Nope. <laughs> I don't skate either. 
I don't I either. I don't like winter and I don't like maple syrup. You got to get the hell out of Canada. <laughs> I seriously, I'm looking, I want to retire somewhere where it doesn't snow and it's not humid. Other than that, I don't care what the place is. Do you think that place exists? Um, no. Yeah, I don't either. But that's what I want. Unless you want to go to like Saudi Arabia. Doesn't snow, not humid. Won't be. I also don't want to be imprisoned for no real reason. So I. (laughs) It's the only country that came to mind really quickly. I'm not very good at geography. I have to admit, I don't know anything about the political uh, setup of Saudi Arabia, but I have to imagine that I would do something to get myself thrown in prison pretty quickly. So um, I'm going to have to take a hard pass on that. But I seriously, I. I either that or I need like five million more people to listen to the podcast every month so that I can own a house somewhere. Uh, I, you know, I'd like to have a summer house and a winter house, maybe, uh, but I don't think that's in the cards. Anyway, well, we'll work on it. That's my dream: is summer house, winter house. I really want to avoid humidity and snow. That's all I have, and you know what'll happen? I'll finally get to that. I'll ascend to this place where I can have a summer house and a winter house, and then I'll get old and I won't be able to travel. And then I'll just be pained by the fact that there's a house somewhere that's not humid in the summer and I can't get to it. <laughs> that's really depressing thought. Yeah, it's what's going to happen. Uh, anyway, okay, so tell me about how you manage type one with the other stuff. Does the other stuff impact the type one management? It definitely does. Um, I mean, I'm sure everyone goes through it at the beginning. Um, in our case, when we went to the ER, um, her blood sugar was, and I didn't bring my calculator. I promised I wait, would. Wait, wait, hold on a second. If you I just go to juiceboxpodcast.com, right? And at the top, click on A1C and blood glucose calculator. You will be taken to a handy dandy little device. So you tell me a number. I'll click on MMOL. You say a number and then I'll, I'll translate it for you. Go ahead. 42.6. 42.6. Six was an A. Oh my goodness! Uh, was a seven sixty seven blood sugar, which translates to a twenty eight point four A one C. Yeah, that was her number when we went into the ER. Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Gvoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. You know, not all devices are created equal. For instance, there are a lot, and I mean a lot, of blood glucose meters available for you to purchase. But sometimes we don't think of it that way because the doctor just writes a prescription and they usually write the prescription for the blood glucose meter that, I don't know, they normally write prescriptions for. Doesn't make it the best one, doesn't make it the most accurate, doesn't make it right for you, just makes it the one they're accustomed to talking about. Well, I'm here to talk about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. It's simple. This meter is incredibly accurate. 
It is small and easy to carry, but not so small that you'll drop it. It has a bright light for nighttime viewing. The screen is easy to read. And if you want to pair it with their Bluetooth app on your Android or iPhone, you can. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. Can I tell you a secret? We don't use the app. I just love the meter and so does Arden. It fits in her purse, it fits in my pocket. The test strips are incredibly, incredibly accurate and allow for second chance testing. Meaning should you swoop in there, hit a little bit of blood, but not enough, you have time to go back and get more without impacting the accuracy of the test. We're wasting the strip. That's all you need to know in my opinion. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Go there, check it out. There's actually a ton more on the site, but today I just want to make sure you remember that meter rocks. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Last thing, please consider visiting t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box and putting your information into the system. Okay. What am I saying? T1D Exchange is going to ask you to take a short survey. I believe it took me about seven minutes. You're going to need to be a U.S. resident with type one or a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of someone with type one. You answer super simple questions about diabetes that will in no way make you feel uncomfortable. I was like, these are easy. I can answer these. Now, when you do this, it's completely anonymous. No one's going to know it was you. And it is 100% HIPAA compliant. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Why do you want to do this? Well, in my opinion, it's because past participants like you have helped to bring increased coverage for test strips, Medicare coverage for CGMs, and changes in the ADA's guidelines for pediatric A1C goals. And I personally am excited to imagine what your participation and mine will eventually lead to. Isn't that cool? You answer some questions, they data it up, and then they go do good stuff in the world. And you could be part of that without ever leaving your house. You can do it from your phone, your tablet, your laptop. You cannot do it by smoke signal. But maybe if you give them enough data, they'll figure out how to do that. I don't think that's going to be true. You know what? I'm going to take that last part back. No matter how much type 1 data you put into the T1D exchange, we're not going to figure out how to connect smoke signals to computers. And just real quick, data for those of you who prefer data over data. Back to the show. Caitlin, you're a bit of a neophyte on this. What what you should have said after that was, what's the address of that calculator? That's amazing. And I would have said it's at juiceboxpodcast.com forward slash conversion. And then you would have told the story about the rest of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Very sorry. No, 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 no. It's, it's your Canadian. You have no way to know. Go ahead. Well, I do listen to it, so I should have known. <laughs> you didn't know I was going to yeah. pimp in there for a second? You were like, oh, we'll just keep telling the story. Trying to tell people about the calculator, Caitlin. Come on. I was thrilled you were from Canada. <laughs> My bad. Uh, no, so that was what her blood sugar was when we went to the hospital. Jeez. And um, that was that w- that wasn't right after a meal. That was like five hours fasting. Oh my goodness! She's she's, she's got diabetes. Like her- yeah. yeah, so it was bad. And they they basically brought us into the back and checked, and she wasn't in DKA. Uh, apparently, she was really close, but not quite. So they gave her an injection, and they watched us for a few hours, and they sent us home. Do you have a private room at the ER? Uh, that one was, yes. No, I mean, like, one with, like, your name on it? <laughs> um, at that point, I, I know them by name. Yeah, I was going to say, you walk in, people are like, oh, my God, Caitlin, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I try to avoid it at all costs, oh but my gosh. Um, that her file is definitely thick every time I go there. Yeah. The, the computer slows like down. You can hear the hard drive clicking. It's like, click, 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 click. <laughs> Trying to bring the information up. Um, or do, you have computers in Canada, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm on one now. Oh, fancy. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, there are 15 raccoons running on a wheel outside to make your electricity, though, right? Um, raccoons are a little above my budget. <laughs> what are you using? Mice. Oh, well, that's, that's I mean, they're easier to feed. Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. They so, just steal the neighbor's bird feed. <laughs> well, isn't your neighbor like 10 miles away? Don't you have to get on an ATV to get your mail or something like that? Well, mice run fast. Oh, well, you ride the mice? Now we're, t- now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to play along here, but it's not working. I have no idea why your mom didn't like you. I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't even funny. And yet I'm laughing. It had to do with the alcohol, but okay. We're going to. Oh, okay. I got you. I see. Um, yeah so the um no so they they gave her the injection of i guess fast acting and Mm -hmm. then they gave her a small snack um which they actually had me go through their cupboard of food and i picked out um a little baby food pouch of applesauce and cheerios because that was all that they had that she could eat okay and she had that and then they tested her blood sugar like three hours later said okay we're good it went down enough now you're going to come back first thing in the morning and you're going to go here and you're going to talk to your doctor. And this was Labor Day weekend. Mm. So like we went in Friday night, she got back from school and then we were there Saturday morning, first thing in the morning and we met her endocrinologist and we started the whole like crazy everything. That sucks. So, yeah. That really sucks. <laughs> Labor Day is the only weekend I feel comfortable taking three days off in a row. Yeah, I'm, it's this weekend, and I'm so happy. Yeah, except it's kind of like a bittersweet thing because it's now the anniversary weekend. So yeah, no kidding, ruins picnicking but, and everything. Yeah. Well, I I have a question that's got little to do with what you just said, but it popped into my head. I think I'm going to lose it if I don't. How much food do you travel with when you leave your house? <laughs> um, well, a lot. Yeah, a lot. like we went camping. Uh, I, I took the kids camping this summer. My husband was still working cause he couldn't get time off. It was a new job. Mm-hmm. So I took them camping out, um, by Lake Huron and we drove all the way and my van was packed with food because I never know what I can get when I'm somewhere else. So like she has like special chocolate. I have to buy specific brands of certain things and, I never know what's available, so I'm always packing everything. You're a hoarder, I would imagine. And I have to be. Yeah, yeah, right? I, on purpose. Hey, did yeah. the other two kids have anything going on? Um, luckily, no. Uh, my second one is allergic to peanuts, but at that point, they're like, she's allergic to peanuts. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> and they're like, oh, good. I'm like, like, I'm like, only peanuts. I'm really not worried about that. <laughs> did you like smack her and say, listen, you got to try harder? <laughs> <laughs> I was super relieved. And then like my, my youngest, my son, he's not allergic to anything. So that was like, okay, I guess third time's a charm, they say. And it worked that time. So what's the inter- um, What's the age difference between the three kids? Uh, yet again, you're going to be like, what? 15 months between the first two. No, I understand. And 18 months between the second two. You really don't like the cold. No, my body doesn't like birth control. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And you like your husband. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, let's just say it didn't work for me. You want to try putting him in a colder room because you might you might just avoid him. 
I'm fixed. I can't have any more kids. <laughs> I'm fixed. I don't think and that's how people say it like, about themselves. The doctor's like, why do you want it? You're so young. I'm like, I have three. I have no. I have nothing against adoption if I want one later on, but I do not want to have more kids. <laughs> when he said, why do you want one? You should have touched milk on your oldest and been like, here, watch this. <laughs> this is why I don't want any more kids. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think that's funny, so but I'm reasons. truly laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, but they don't like to do the surgery before you're like 30 or 35 because they figure you might change your mind. And I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah I, I hear. Like, I Listen, I see their side of it. But you, I mean, three kids is three kids. Yeah, it's a lot of kids. Yeah. Um, I do have six weeks a year where they, are, they follow an age. So my son is turning nine in October. Mm-hmm. And so for six weeks, I'll be able to say my kids are 11, 10, and nine years old. 11, 10, nine. <laughs> Which always makes people kind of like jaw drop. Yeah. Or judge you quietly in their mind, probably. People always judge me. Yeah. <laughs> or they get the impression that they're all from different parents, like all, all have different fathers. Oh, because they think at least one of you should have been sane? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm young, you know? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, no, it's... I've been married. They're all the same father and I'm still married. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're one of those. It, it's interesting. It sounds like you're going to be married forever. And um, I, listen, I, I'll be honest. Like I've said it on here before, like the way my wife and I got married, the fact that I told you earlier that we have been married for 24 years, I think is, is fairly astonishing and uncommon to be perfectly honest. And, you it know, seems it we were days. very, yeah, we were super young and, and she said to me the other day, she's like, what were we doing? I was like, I don't know. It's a huge mistake. <laughs> we really, we're always telling our kids like 30 is a good age to start thinking about getting married. Um, you know, you have kids when you're 55. That's it. That's how you handle it. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if the kids are offended when we tell them that or not. <laughs> well, my husband seems to be on, the, on, on that whole, well, you can date when you're 30. Thing. Well, he he thinks so because he's lucky. He reached back ten years to get a girl. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, I think you can wait till you're forty and grab what yourself a nice twenty nine year old. Usually, you marry up for money, but you know, I made a mistake there. You just went for I the eight. To check the bank statements. You just went for a good conversation. <laughs> Got you cheap. I'm just saying. I know <laughs> you could have held out. Well, we didn't get to one thing that I I, I don't want to skip over, but. It, um, from your email, eczema, she has eczema as well? Yes, she does. Now, that's autoimmune, right? Yes, it is. Interesting. Um, which means, like, at, at this point where I actually forgot, but, yeah, when she was a baby, it was really bad. Uh, funny, I guess a funny semi-related story was that um, we had a dog when she was born. And the dog loved the baby. And was so protective of the baby. But her eczema was so bad. And it was like weepy. Like it was red and it was just like dripping. Yeah, like it was, it, like it was a clear fluid, she, right? Yeah, baby's yeah. scratch. And we couldn't keep her hands off of it. And so we thought she was allergic to the dog. And so we actually found a better, another home for the dog, which broke my heart, but we didn't like just drop them at the pound or anything. We rehomed him through a rescue and we kept him until he went to his new family and his new family sent me pictures. And so I knew he was in a good place. So I felt better about it. Um, And we found out after the fact um, when she had a reaction to egg, that it was actually the dog food she was allergic to. Wait a minute. 
every time the dog would touch her, he had traces of the food on his mouth or on his nose or on his fur. Uh And it was actually that she was reacting to the egg in his food. Oh my God, your life is crazy. By the way, this story would have been better if you said wolf. Not dog, but that's neither here nor there. So keep going. So well, she he was wa- a really big dog. So she wasn't allergic to the dog as so much as allergic to what he was constantly touching and being, and and that was enough. Yeah. Could you, eating. in hindsight, would there have been a dog food you could have gotten that would have stopped that? Yes. Oh, you're sad about that, right? Yeah, but I mean, at this point, my dog, like the dog, is definitely dead. <laughs> Uh, uh, you just named the episode. The dog is definitely dead, I think, is the name of this episode, Caitlin. <laughs> well, I mean, it, he was in Newfoundland, and Newfoundlands live like maximum, like nine to 12 years, but 12 years is the max. Just time wise, you, you My figure. daughter's like 12 and, or almost 12. Yeah. So he would have been like 14, 15 by now. Oh, that's sad. I just so realized I mean, as you were telling the story, I'm like, oh, I bet you there was food that would have allowed them to keep the dog. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, looking back, it probably wasn't the worst thing in the world anyways, because it gave me more time to spend with my kids. Yeah, I was going to say. And not have to worry about the dog and the dog fur, because Newfoundland's you're talking about like a 160-pound dog with long fur that drools a lot. Hmm. <laughs> but, like, they're the sweetest dogs. They're like nanny dogs. Yeah. They love kids, and they're super tolerant. I, I hear you. But it's a lot of work to take care of a dog that size, too. I agree. As a person who was outside five minutes before I recorded with you going... Oh my God, Basil, just go to the bathroom and get in the house. I got to go upstairs. <laughs> and in the same time, I'm like, am I pressuring this dog to do his business? I wouldn't like it if someone was outside of the bathroom door going like, come on, Scott. Hey, Scott, come on. <laughs> but I was doing it to the dog. I'm like, we got to go, man. <laughs> As an aside, we live in an apartment. We only have one bathroom. So five people, one bathroom. I know how that feels. Oh my gosh. Uh, how do the caribou get out of the, the parking lot? They must get all stuck because of the cars. Have you ever seen a caribou? Just yes or no, Caitlin, real quick. Yes. Oh. Do you call them reindeer? No. I would. <laughs> <laughs> For no real reason. I would just be like, Santa's nearby. Um, okay. So, food allergies, eczema, ADHD, type 1 diabetes. I missed asthma, right? Yes. Ah. How does that manifest like i we just noticed one doctor's appointment that there was a little bit of like her lungs didn't sound clear and that she was coughing a little bit and they said well she probably has asthma do you ever notice that she's short of breath i'm like well sometimes and so they prescribed her inhalers it's never been anything that's led us to go to the er or anything like that it's really just when she's doing intense physical exercise or when she has a cold. It's interesting that your Mendoza line for illness is it's never sent us to the ER, so it's not really a problem. Uh, that's <laughs> that, that was an interesting statement. It's oh. a strange baseline, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's what we know. So. Yeah. so how does all of this, I mean, let's talk about her like a person now instead of a case study. Like how does all of this impact her? Uh, well, I mean, personality wise, she has a, she's not the most outgoing kid and she doesn't like being different because she's always been different. I mean, in daycare, when she was doing daycare, she, she had a packed lunch from home and everyone else had the food that they were serving at the daycare. 
And at school in kindergarten, she had to sit apart from everyone else in the lunchroom to make sure that there was no chance that she comes into contact with anyone else's food and kids throw food. So she's always felt different. So she doesn't like talking about these things at all. Okay. She doesn't like just come out and say, you know, I have diabetes and this is what diabetes is. And sometimes I have snacks and sometimes I have to give myself insulin and it's just the way I am. Like she's not comfortable doing that. So she likes to keep it all inside, which is really hard for her. And I'm hoping at some point that she becomes more confident to just like tell people about it, Mm -hmm. but I can't push it. Um, I tried to actually, I think, her teacher the first year that she was diagnosed because it was the first year the first week of school that it happened we didn't have a plan beforehand like she had been in school three days and that's when she was diagnosed so we kind of went in she didn't miss any school after the long weekend she was right back at school and it was kind of like okay this is what we're dealing with and the teacher got a little bit too proactive and tried to explain to the class what she has like what diabetes is and it embarrassed her so much because she didn't even understand what was going on at that point like it was new to her and she didn't want to talk about it and there was the teacher telling everyone about her medical condition yeah and i think that actually just made it that much worse for her jenny and i just did an episode about talking about diabetes to people outside of your you know circle who don't understand did you yeah and you just made me think of when I think, I think I said in the episode, like the difference between what people need and what you think they need is sometimes, you know, a pretty big difference. Um, and you, you don't know what other people want and sometimes you try to help and you, you make it worse. So, yeah, I mean, I know the teacher meant well, yeah, of course. But, and I, I mean, I've explained to her, it's, it's probably easier for you to explain at the beginning of the year to your classmates, why sometimes in class your phone is beeping or why you're taking out rockets and eating rockets. Uh, those are Skittles or Smarties. Sorry, those are Smarties to you guys. Okay. Rockets or Smarties. Why, why are we going to change the name? Just because it's a different country. Because Smarties are actually like M&Ms here. Well, yeah. Like but it's a different brand of M&Ms. Smarties so is M&Ms. Like rockets are Smarties. Covered chocolates. So. All right. I mean, geez. Who came first? I think the Smarties, like the chocolate thing with the candy over it came before, which is why when your Smarties came here, they called them Rockets. So we ripped you off. I have no idea. It sounds like that's what's going I pro- on here. I could probably Google it. No, don't. If this is going to be like a who got it first thing. I don't yeah. I don't want to get that far into it because I, <laughs> I could get absolutely enraptured by it and just, you know, <laughs> we could talk about like the- Discuss the, the history of candy. Yeah, candy naming more specifically, not even the candy. <laughs> I'll be like, Mars Bar, next, Caitlin, where's that from? <laughs> the podcast will be 19 hours long, and I'll be like, oh, my God, do you guys remember $100,000 bar? Why'd they change it to hundred grand? <laughs> <laughs> Which to you is probably M&M's, but God, who knows? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's, t- I mean, that's really not great, obviously. Um, and, and so she's trying to keep it private. Is that, does that, can how does the ADHD conflict with the needs of diabetes? Um, or does it? I, I don't know if it necessarily does. It's, it's harder to say because 
I can't expect my 11-year-old to be on top of everything all the time. Sure. But she's very forgetful. So she'll forget her PDM. Uh, and I have to just, as opposed to nagging her, okay, make sure you have all your stuff packed. I have to go and check it to make sure that she did because she's forgetful. Mm-hmm. Um, the medication that cuts her appetite during the day is definitely a problem because that impacts her energy levels and also changes the way that we dose insulin. Because you can't get her to eat if you in a panic situation. Exactly. Like she's, I've had to threaten her with glucagon before. Like, I don't care if you're hungry, you're going to eat it. Or like you've been dosed for it. You said you were going to eat it. You cannot change your mind now. Okay. Which actually we don't pre-bolus anymore. I know it's terrible, but we can't. But that medication stops her from having any hunger at all. Yeah. Or it sometimes makes, she says it makes her feel queasy to even think about eating. Oh, I'm sorry. Which we're trying to figure it out with the doctor to see if maybe there's another one that won't impact it as much. But mm-hmm. that's there's a lot of different medications for ADHD, and they all work a little bit differently. So it's a trial and error, unfortunately, on that sense. Yeah. Well, uh, how does her how does her A1C usually run? And it, are you are you at least able to keep things kind of stable, or or what happens? Um, it's not as low as I'd like, but on the other hand, since starting her pump, we haven't had an official A1C done because COVID. Yay. Uh, okay. Uh, so now all of her appointments that we do, they look at the P- the numbers on the PDM uh, that we upload. They look at the Dexcom and they say, okay, well, you know, do you notice this trend? And I'm like, yeah, I've already fixed it. Do you notice that? Oh, yeah, no, we've adjusted the basal, so we're good. What we is- don't really have anything to add, really. Do you use Clarity? Like, what's the estimated A1C through Clarity? It's never been right. Oh, okay. I yeah. think I was always worried about that. I think the first time uh, at, that we went in, the uh, A1C estimation that they had was like 9.8, and it was actually 7.4. Oh, wow. So I I never really look at the number because I know that for us, it's real. it's always been off. And I don't know why. I know a lot of people say it's right on for them, but maybe it's just because for for my daughter it just fluctuates so much yeah i have like to s- her blood sugar sometimes goes up really fast and then down really fast and like it's really hard to keep her on a steady line you know the next time i have somebody from dex come on who understands that i'm going to ask that question because I, we have the a similar you know i i see things too uh, people talking and for us it's always pretty close you know what i mean like within a uh, not even just a percentage point, like, you know, less, you know, 0.4 or something like that. That thing's usually pretty spot on for us. And yet I hear other people say the same thing, like, oh, the estimation I get is is never what my A1C is. And I'll have to find out why that is, that, you know, how that happens. That'd be interesting to know. Yeah, I think her endocrinologist said it. it, it seems to be about the amount of insulin on board that she might be up quite high for me, like in 16, which I'm sure you can use your wonderful calculator. Um, 11.7 A1C, 288 blood sugar. Yeah. It can go up pretty high like that, but then it'll go down very soon afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that might just throw off the numbers on the A1C. Okay. So you can go from like 288 to, you can go kind of from like an 11 to a seven or even farther down. Even farther down. Okay. Really fast. Wow. Which makes the management a little bit tricky. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you're not pre-bolusing. So that's, 
kind of to be expected, to be honest. You're shooting up because of the food and then crashing down because of the big bolus afterwards, I imagine. Yeah. And also activity is a big thing too, because with a kid that's hyperactive, like if she's going to eat breakfast, usually her breakfast is pretty, it's pretty much the same thing every day. So we can count on her eating it. She hasn't had her medication yet, so it hasn't cut cut her appetite. So we'll pre-bolus breakfast. But she could have that breakfast, and if she's going to go down and play video games because it's pouring rain outside, then she's going to spike and she's going to stay high. And if she's going outside to ride her bike with her friends, then she's going to drop low on the exact same dose, the exact same carbs. Wow. That doesn't seem fun at all. Like What works one day doesn't work the next day for her. Right, right. And so ratios are all over the place because of what she's doing. And we, I mean, we've tried adding extra snacks or, you know, doing a temporary increase uh, in the basil to compensate when she does video games and it works more or less, but there are those days where she's planning to do something and then, Oh, she changes her mind and then goes to do something else. And it throws us off completely because her mind is like a ping pong ball. Yeah. Wow. She's never doing the same thing two days in a row. So it's really hard to get that baseline to see what works for her. So we have to accept a little bit more, yeah, I like understand. not as much perfection. I'd love to see her in the sixes. We're in the sevens, but we're below eight. So I'm okay with that for now. Okay. And we're heading into puberty. Yeah. It's going to get worse. <laughs> terrible. She's going to need more. <laughs> Do you think about using um, like Omnipod 5 when it comes out? With trying an algorithm. We don't even see. have the dash here yet. Oh, Canada. Jeez, I forgot. Ugh. We don't even have the dash here. All right. So we're still on the old one. Are you interested in an algorithm when it's available to you? I'm actually considering looping. Okay. So I'm just wondering if, if something that would, if I, I don't know, like, I don't know if your scenario would be helped by that or not, but be interested to find out. Well, I was cons- I, w- I looked into looping. I haven't officially like gone through all the papers and stuff for it yet, but because it would help when she's out or when she's at school, at least it can make those little changes. So I don't have to constantly text message her saying you but, need to do this. Cause you, are you like you limiting basil a lot and like doing temp basils? Uh, I don't really usually do temp basils. I'll just be like, give yourself an extra 0.25. So you're kind of bumping at the, uh, at the number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. From trying to push down usually. Yeah. Are so you okay? Uh, hmm? I'm going to, I just want to know if you're okay. Oh, I'm good. You are? You just, you're like, you're not like secretly like a heroin addict or uh, <laughs> like in the middle of the night, you don't leave to do high risk cooking or something like that just to, to, to escape. There's nothing crazy happening to you. Like, how are you coping? I guess is my question. Well, I mean, it, it, diabetes in itself is very stressful. It's probably the most stressful of everything because for allergies, I control what comes into the house. I make the food. And in general, if something's going to go bad, it's going to go bad right away. And I'll see it right away. Yeah. But diabetes, I know there's such long-term impacts of everything. So I sometimes I'll fall asleep and then she'll go high because she had more protein at dinner and I won't wake up to adjust it because my alarm goes off, but I ignored it. And then in the morning I'll feel terribly guilty, but yet again, I need to sleep sometimes. And 
it's it's hard. There's all, always parent guilt that you have about everything and every decision you make when you're a parent, mm-hmm. even if your kid is like perfectly healthy without any problems. Um, it just adds an extra layer to it. I so I guess it's just extra guilt. Um, finding time for things that I used to do before all of this, it's harder. Like finding a babysitter isn't as obvious anymore. Mm-hmm. There's like one parent, one person that I can leave my kids with and that's grandma. And right now with COVID, I can't leave them with grandma. Yeah, no kidding. Because they're going to school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Canada. Like, yeah. they sent them right out there. They're like, you go get them. Uh, how, is, how is COVID there? Are you guys, are things coming back to normal or not yet? Well, it, the numbers were really high for a bit. Um, and then they dropped back down. And they're starting to increase again, I guess, because people are getting tired of staying home. Uh, They did reopen businesses, and so people are more in contact with each other. So, I mean, nothing compared to what you guys are going through at all, but in the province of Quebec, we're getting like a hundred and something new cases a day. Okay. That's a hundred and something. At one point, it was over a thousand. Yeah. So Uh, it's definitely better than it was, but it's still enough to make me wonder that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be leaving the kids who are in school with 400 other students with grandma who has COPD. I just put an episode up yesterday that's with a teacher. It was recorded right now. And by the way, I guess for context, it's September 3rd while Caitlin and I are talking right now. And um, we were talking about, you know, going back. And I said, I don't see how this is going to go well at all, but I guess, okay, let's, let's see. Um, But you know, Arden's not going back to school. She's doing it remotely. And my son, my son's doing college remotely. He's, like quite literally down the hall right now, getting an econ degree in his bedroom. So, um, <laughs> no, what that? If it was an option, and maybe if I didn't work full time, yeah, I no, I understand that. I understand the, you know, the limitations for most people. I mean, I, I do this, so I can do this here, and that kind of opens up our options for keeping the kids with us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, but you you just you're you just I'm like how are you, Caitlin? You said I'm okay, I'm good. That's I either you're lying to me or you're good. I don't know which one it is, but either way, I'm I don't I'm not judging you. I'm just like it's it's a lot, you know. It's also interesting to hear you say that the diabetes is the is the worst part of all this. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's the hardest to manage. It's not that it's like worst was the bad word. Won't kill her instantly. And if she has peanut butter, it would kill her within like minutes, but it's easier to avoid peanuts than it is to avoid eating. Yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) And we had like, I think around the time that I sent you the email being like, I wanted to chat about this. Like we were having huge power struggles with food. Okay. That was one of the biggest things that we were having. And one of the times we decided that that's when we, we couldn't pre-bolus anymore is that one of the only things, like she, in her, I guess her personality, she likes to control anything that she can because she has so little control in so many aspects of her life. Mm -hmm. And that started like with the food allergies because she couldn't control what she ate. So she wanted to control when she ate and how she ate. Now with the diabetes, it adds, it added the extra, well, now what you eat is important, but also when you eat and how you eat it. So everything about it is important. Yeah. So 
we have to have the control. And she resented that for the longest time. And so what would happen is we'd sit down and she'd be like, oh yeah, for sure. I love this. I'm going to eat it. And then we'd dose her for it. And then she'd say, no, I'm not hungry. Now I want toast. Because she loves bread. Yeah. Just to make the change. But, and, like, but and she's I'm in charge. Chicken and vegetables. That's what everyone's having for dinner. You're going to have that. And she's like, no, I'm not. You already gave me my insulin. Make me toast. Wow. And I was like, what? Caitlin, I, I'm going to send you a link. And, <laughs> and uh, so we, we got to this point where. Go ahead. Yeah, we got to this point where it was like, okay, the um, we have to come up with some way to work this because I can't sit there and threaten you with a glucagon injection or pour corn syrup down your throat, which we'd done a few times. Um, Cause she's just so demand. She hated corn syrup. That was the only thing that we could get into her for carbs that were quick. When she was when cra- like she'd crashing. already been given the insulin and she was going down, but she suddenly refused to eat wow. because she wanted us to make something different. And I was like, no, okay, it's either this or I'm giving you a quarter cup of corn syrup. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds and, terrible. Okay, maybe not a quarter cup. That's a lot. Maybe like an eighth of a cup because yeah. there's a lot of sugar it, in it. It's but. not your fault. You use a different system of measurement. So, <laughs> Yeah, I never understood ounces. Sorry. <laughs> no, but, totally strange. But so you're – yeah, I mean, that's really stressful what you just said. Like I felt stressed when you were saying it, so I don't know about – like doing it must be – and I, I think everyone listening knows that pressure who's had a, at least a smaller child or or somebody who just refused. Like you're standing there and someone's, you know, literally crashing down with all this insulin going and you're just you're just like you have to eat. So you have to. You have to. You have to. And it's just such a panicky feeling. Um, you definitely are not at your best in those moments. And and I think I've been there for certain. Um, and it, and yours thing is compounded like 15 times over i was gonna say if i send you a link can you please have her uh get on the schedule for six years from now to record the podcast because when she's 18 i really want to talk to your daughter uh I, so I, how much did your mom actually mess you up yeah hey so does caitlin lady right how dysfunctional <laughs> was this whole thing that she did like how did that work for you are you even still alive no i just want i mean her perspective on all this stuff one day is going to be fascinating. I don't imagine she'd be somebody who'd want to come on the podcast, but th- this is really interesting. And her perspective would be would be incredible, actually, because you're just doing the best you can. And you have obviously a lot of roadblocks. And, and, and listen, she's she's in school like you kept her in school. That's amazing. Right. She's her A1C is lower. She's, you know as healthy as you can, as you can accomplish right now. That's amazing. Um, there's a lot here. I mean, you guys are doing, you're just doing more than, than I think anybody could expect. So it's a, it's really great. I, you yeah. should be congratulated. I'm sure nobody's, um, I don't know if anybody's ever taken the time to say to you like, well done, but this is, uh, this is well done. You are, um, you are the ringmaster of quite a show. Oh, and you're, and I can, I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a shit show. It's a shit circus. <laughs> I was going to say, you get the whole thing, right? You're all three rings. Um, circuses yeah. don't even exist anymore, do they? <laughs> no, not really. No. I, I don't know. They have like this horse thing. and It's not a circus. The Cirque du Soleil is still around. Yeah. Though they went bankrupt. I don't know how that's going to work after COVID. Yeah, it's not. Uh. <laughs> um, not at all. Yeah. So, 
No, and it, it's it's interesting too because I think we had started on this and then I got sidetracked because I do that very easily. Do you have um, ADHD? After the, you know, when they they take you in and they start doing all those the lessons after diagnosis. Yeah. And they're teaching and they have all these handouts pre-prepared and the nurse sits down with you. And in our case, we weren't in the hospital, so they didn't do it in the hospital. We went in um, like two days or two mornings every week for like a month and they did the trainings in little bits. Okay. Um, And they're like, okay, well, here's some great idea for carb-free snacks and here's some good things like protein things. And I was, I would look at these sheets and I would say, okay, nope, 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 nope. Okay, cucumbers are okay. Nope, nope. And we just went through the list. Like, I can't, like, I had to reinvent the whole thing. Yeah. Because they're like, okay, well, you know, that some, when you're maintaining blood sugar after a low and it's going to be more than an hour, you give like some crackers and peanut butter or, okay, no, we can't do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or we can try this. No, we can't give yogurt. And this, the yogurt that's made with soy it spikes her too fast and it doesn't maintain for quite as long. So it doesn't act in the same way. Hmm. So there's not always like a direct replacement for all of these things. So we had to kind of reinvent the diabetes wheel. Because Specifically of the for her. Yeah. And like I'm on a few forums and I keep seeing these things pop up like, Oh, what are suggestions for this? And I have so few, it's like, okay, you can have pepperoni sticks or jerky. Um, other carb-free snacks, vegetables. <laughs> yeah, <other laughs> that's, that's like that's. And it. by the way, a lot of vegetables have carbs in them, and we tend not to think of it. So yeah, but negligible, like the yeah. not the carrots of the world, but more like the cucumbers and well, right. that's all she eats. Yeah, she doesn't like carrots. She likes red peppers, but they're too carby. Is there so. even a way to quantify her diet, or there's not right? Like you just, it's a bastardized diet that just fits for her. Exactly. Okay. I mean, sometimes like when I'm looking up recipes, I'll go like vegan. I'll type in vegan because it doesn't have the dairy or the eggs for sure. Right. But a lot of them have nuts and peanuts because they want the extra protein. The protein. Or they have those fancy flours that we can't use because they, most of them are contain or may contain sesames and others like traces of that. So I kind of melt together different recipes and like, okay, I'm going to try it without this, or I'm going to add this instead. And you learn to adapt regular recipes to not have that. Like most any baking recipe that has milk, you can put soy milk instead or almond milk, but it's like the eggs. It's not always the same. There's not, they have egg replacement powder, but it doesn't work the same way as eggs do. Gotcha. So you have to find out different ways to do things. And it's just being creative, I guess. And a lot of trial and error. I was going to say, how many meals have you made where you're just like, oh God, this is not edible. Don't touch this. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually like the day before I do groceries. And I'm like, I don't have much in the fridge. I'm just going to toss a lot of this into into the pan and stir fry it and serve it with rice. See what happens. How about that? Wow, do 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 you do two meals, or does the family pretty much all eat the same? It depends. Um, I usually like to cook one meal because it's easiest that way. Yeah. Um, but because of her allergies, my other two kids don't have those allergies. Sometimes they want things that she can't eat, and I'm not going to say like I always said from the beginning. I'm not going to take her allergens out of the house. Because then nobody could eat anything. Mm-hmm. 
So I have milk in the house. We have eggs. I have peanut butter. Uh, we have, well, actually, we don't really have anything with sesame because sesame seeds get everywhere. But pretty much everything else we have in the house. And so sometimes I'll put a lasagna in the oven and I'll make her like a submarine sandwich for dinner. Because she loves submarine sandwiches. It has her favorite ingredient, bread. Bread. <laughs> I love bread. Everybody, listen, it's hard not so, to love bread, I have to be honest. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. She doesn't like pasta. Okay. So anything that's pasta, if the other two want anything pasta-like, then, you know, she'll have to have something else. But she's gotten used to it. You know, we occasionally order pizza. I'm so lucky we don't have to deal with the pizza problem that I keep hearing about. Because we never have to dose her for pizza. <laughs> what? Wait, how? Why? Because because she can't eat cheese. She can't eat cheese, so she just doesn't touch the pizza at all. Yeah. Okay. She'll have something else. All right. So you'll never have to be involved in in the pizza bolus. Exactly. We we got this uh this other pizza that was made without dairy. Uh, it has like a actually the same cheese replacement that she uses. Mm-hmm. Um, that she likes for her sandwiches and everything, but she did not like the pizza. So that's that. All the better. Wow. Uh, so is there any, it, does any of this, obviously the, do, do, I guess I'm going to ask a stupid question because I don't know the answer. Do people grow out of allergies? That doesn't happen, right? It does. It does? Yeah, it does happen. Um, the dairy, especially the egg, it can happen. Uh, peanut isn't so common, uh, but she's been tested for it. They said at the levels that at the severity of her allergies, chances are that she would never outgrow them. And actually we had an allergist appointment a few months ago and they tested her for everything and she's still allergic to everything. So mm-hmm. it looks like it's there forever. Gotcha. Um, she's not one of those lucky kids that's eventually going to be able to eat it. And she doesn't qualify for all of those, uh, those therapies that desensitize you. Because of the severity of her allergies just wouldn't, and the treatment. It, it being, wouldn't make it go away. It would just maybe lessen it a little. And if you just stay away from it, it's not a problem. Exactly. Okay. It's easier to stay away from it because, I mean, I'd looked at the protocols for them and gone through it, but they treat with uh, steroids and steroids are going to make our blood sugar terrible. So we just said, you know what, it is, it's just going to be there for a while. And if when she's an adult, she wants to do it, that's fine. But we don't have time right now. Well, and I don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah, I, I that sounds reasonable to me. How about the ADHD? Is the hope there just a different medication that doesn't impact her mood as, the same way? Uh, I'm hoping that she learns to deal with it. Um, I know that that sounds really awful, but as much as medication helps, the ultimate goal is to be able to understand the way that your own brain works and to learn to adapt the way you do things so that you can do things in a very similar way and be as effective as anyone else. And so the medication time. is a tool to help that, so, but it's not like the crutch. So, so the, the hope here is the time and maturity and understanding kind of come together and, and help a little bit with that. Yeah. And then maybe she won't need uh, maybe as strong of a medication or okay. maybe she'll go on to a different one. She's also tiny. I have to say, you always said that Arden, like I listened to the podcast from the beginning. Thank you. And I have to say, I skipped a little bit in the middle. Whoa, 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 whoa. Caitlin, slow down a second. 
First of all, for people listening, it's not okay to skip. You start at the beginning, you listen to every episode. That's the deal. Okay. I watched an I entire a year season. Ago, Scott. <laughs> I, I, I listened to, I watched an entire season on Netflix that was not good. And I, and uh, but I did it anyway. There were five seasons of a show. When I got to season three, I was like, this is terrible. But I soldiered through and I expect the same from all of you. But okay. Uh. <laughs> I skipped a few in the middle, but I did read like the headlines. And a lot of the ones I skipped were like the, the update to Dexcoms and all of those because oh. they were just older. That's fine. You know, those things. I didn't mean know. to jump down your throat. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, just to put it into context, I didn't mean like they weren't interesting. <laughs> oh, no, they were terrific. I just wanted to be like, I just wanted to be more up to date. You just didn't need to hear the announcement about the G4. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, I got you. I, I that I've you. never used. Right. And that's so. not available anymore, I don't think. So, uh, all right. That is acceptable, Caitlin. Okay. Um, so, and, and I guess too, so maybe there's a little hope with an algorithm-based pump. Like there is there is incremental gains to be made for you in here. Some of it's time, some of it's technology, some of it's hoping. Maturity. I guess. <laughs> um maturity. Yeah. Uh wow. Oh my God. If one more thing goes wrong, is that the end? Are you just gonna like put some stuff in a bag and be like, Okay, well, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That, I mean it's always on your mind, right? Because you always have this thing in the back of your mind, like, okay, my other two kids, they don't have anything else. What if, you know, my oldest got diabetes, but my son is in the same grade as my oldest was when she, when she got diabetes, is he going to get it too? And a few weeks ago, he was like, I'm so thirsty. And he was drinking a ton of water. And no, I, you're swear, not. <laughs> I chased him around the house for 20 minutes with the meter until I wrestled him to the ground and I got a blood sugar test. <laughs> Because I was just so paranoid that oh my god he's going to get diabetes too. Yeah. No, you mentioned you. you, He was just really thirsty. I'm glad. I'm glad he was just thirsty. (laughs) Like I guess he hadn't had any water all day, and then all of a sudden he went to the bathroom and he's like six glasses of water just downed them, and I'm like, how can an eight year old drink that much water? Mm. No, I can understand you being concerned. How about the um, like you said the the worry about is she when she was younger is that gone for the most part? You don't wake up in a sweat anymore, do you? No, not so much. I, I think sometimes there is that some of those days where I wake up and the first thing is like, wow, I slept really well. And then the second thought that goes into my head is, oh, crap, I have to check the Dexcom. Did I miss anything? Yeah. So it's like it's always the next thing in my head. Like if I slept well, it means that maybe I missed an alarm. I hear There's you. I've that had that worry. thought. Yeah. I, I've, I've listened before all the technology, you'd wake up and realize you slept soundly through the night. And I'd think like, oh God, is Arden okay? That would be like the first thing I thought. Like, did I sleep through something? Now it's um, to be perfectly honest, like she wakes up at the same blood sugar every morning. Like, quite honestly, I you know, but there's a lot of years of uh, of uh, practice in in yeah, a lot in of that. tweaking. Yeah, actually, her blood sugar's great overnight recently, but I'm not. I mean, I'm because everything in her life has been kind of like a little experiment. The doctor was always there. The endocrinologist was always saying, wow, you're so, you're so quick to learn this stuff. You're so good at making your own adjustments. I'm like, well, that's because I've had to adjust everything else in our lives. Yeah. So that's what me, you do going like, okay, I'm not sure. Like maybe I think I need to increase the basal between this time and this time. And I, I would just do it. Yeah. And you don't have time work, for something else. I'll go back to it. Yeah. Like, exactly. Well, I, if, I, if she goes low, the Dexcom's going to beep, and I'm going to know, and I'll treat it, and then I'll know, like, okay, that wasn't the right thing to do. It's one of the most amazing aspects of diabetes that I've, I, um, 
I've, I've never really understood, which was that idea of like, well, we'll just wait three months until someone tells us something else. And I get the fear, but I never, I, I well, you know what? I guess I, I, I kind of misspoke there. But like I had it too when I was, you know, first at it. But since then, since I've kind of gotten away from it, it's the thing that never ceases to amaze me. Like it's the one thing that I think, wow, how do people get caught in that? How did I get caught in that even? But it, it's because it seems so obvious. Blood sugar's high. Use more insulin. Right, blood sugar is low. Use less insulin. Uh, you know, like like that. That's sort of an idea, and it's fascinating that it, it continues to happen over and over and over again, day after day after day, and and nobody can change. I'm I'm helping a person right now, and I've explained this thing to them three days in a row, and every day they understand it, and then the next day they don't do it. It just keeps happening. It's yeah. it's fascinating, you, you know, and they'll get to it eventually, but it's just like, you understand, right? Like this happened because of this. So you still need to do this. Yes. Yes. I understand. Next day. Did you do that? No, I, I just didn't have the nerve over and over again. So yeah. good for you that you just were like, I don't have time to, <laughs> I got to just do this, you know? Yeah. I mean, they say like, uh, I think one thing that the hospital was really great at, at the beginning uh, when we went through all the trainings was teaching us to adjust it on our own. It wasn't just like, this is how you're supposed to feed them. And this is how much insulin you have to give. But they said, okay, but if you notice, well, I have to cough one sec. <clears throat> I know you're going to edit that out. So we're good. <laughs> you have a lot of hope for me. Go ahead. So um, I know that like when I see a trend for three days of her going higher or lower at a certain time, that that means there's an adjustment that needs to be made. And they, they showed us how to do that. And they gave us suggestions on it. And when we did the class for the pump, they did the same thing. They said, okay, this is what, like, this is how you change it. Right. And this, like, if you see a high here, this is where you want to adjust it. Because remember, there's a four hour action. So if the kid is going low at 2 PM every day, maybe you want to adjust the basal that's before it. That's encouraging. You know, instead of the one that's like at two, because that's too late. The insulin's just going in then. It's not the one that's changing it. Yeah, uh, that's good to hear. It really so is. They, they taught us like really well. I was really confident in that. Um, but obviously there's, I know that there's people that go through the same trainings as us that won't be as confident in it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just a personality thing, I think. I mean, my husband's military or former military. Right. So, you know, he wants to like, he's like, okay, let's just do it. They told us we can do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. try it. Well, and not I'm everybody. Kind of person that'll be like, okay, you know, I think like, I think I, I want to try this. I, I don't know if it's going to be good. We'll see. But, you know, make sure you can hear the alarm tonight because if I'm sleeping too much, I want to make sure you like wake up. Yeah. Well, listen, not everyone has your life experiences either, Caitlin. Those, those, you, you went through a training ground for this stuff. You're, you're as ready to do these things as anybody, you know? Oh, yeah. You I know? did the boot camp. Yeah, you certainly did. Look, totally you totally did the boot camp. Listen, how old were you the first time you ran away? Um, 14. Yeah, that's ballsy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, seriously, it really is. It's like, look, I better off somewhere other than here. I'm going. That's not, that's not, uh, it's not something a 14 year old, I think, does lightly. But you, I didn't you know? plan the runaway very well. I didn't really know where I was going. It just left. <laughs> I'll just walk in this direction. Did you bring food? Uh, yeah, I brought some stuff with me. Nice. Change of clothes, new socks, you know. Well, yeah. You don't want your feet to get... My bank card. <laughs> they say... You had a bank card when you were 14? Yeah. Look at you. 
Jeez. Not like a credit card, just like interact, debit. Yeah, but you had some money in the bank? Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, I, I had I had like a I, I walked uh I used to walk a dog for a, a an old blind guy. I walked his seeing eye dog because he was getting too old and the dog was getting <laughs> wait, fat. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. So stop I got stop, paid stop, like twenty stop. bucks a week. Okay, let's stop, stop. <laughs> you wait, 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 stop. <laughs> I don't know why that struck me. You do it's a seeing eye dog. Its whole job is to walk. It needs to be walked for other than that too? Well, he was getting fat because the guy was like ninety and oh. he went at Oh, like he okay. left the house like once a day. Did or, you sorry, have once to, a week to do groceries? Did you have like, to let really the dog lead mobile. you? And the the company said like we're you're too old. We're not going to give you another seeing eye dog when this one goes. So he wanted someone to walk it to help keep the dog healthier for longer so that he'd have him I see. as long as possible. And did you have to let the dog lead you while you were walking so that it could kind of do what it was supposed to do? No, as soon as they're like as soon as the dog isn't on a harness, they're like a regular dog. Oh. When you put on the special harness, then they're working and they know they're working. But when I would walk him, I'd walk him on a regular leash and he was like, just, I'd take him to the park and we'd play fetch. And that's fascinating. Like it, it, it's, it's completely different. Like he's very well trained and he would come when I called him and everything, but he was like a regular dog when he wasn't, uh, when he wasn't on the harness. He like had a work and play mode. Yeah. That's it. That, I find that I'm so glad we found that's really great. I'm going to end on that because I don't think we're going to learn anything more, more interesting than then service dogs have like different gears. That's that's really cool. Did we not go over anything that you wanted to talk about? I don't know. Oh, there was something. I don't even know if it's like relevant or related or anything. Let's find out. But there's this like one thing when I'm on these groups and I think it's, it, it carries through to like all these type one groups Okay. that I'm on. And you have to understand I'm on groups for, you know, differently wired kids also. And I'm on groups for... Um, allergies. So I have all these different Facebook groups and I don't read everything because there's so much stuff, but there's this one thing that just, it blows my mind when I see it. And I I understand, but people just generally get so up in arms about people making jokes about diabetes. Hmm. Like this comedian is terrible person because they made a joke about diabetes and we're going to boycott it because it's horrible what he said. And like you would never joke about someone else's disability or whatever it is. They they all follow kind of the same line of thinking like you wouldn't joke about that. Why is diabetes so funny? Right. And this but, bothers you. Yeah. It bothers me because, and it, I don't know if it bothers me, but I like to try to explain it. And I gotten kind of tired of trying to explain it that you like we, as people who live with people, that have type one diabetes or we're caregivers for people with type one, or maybe we do have type one ourselves. We live that. So when someone says something that's hurtful or a joke, that's like a joke, that's just out of off color for us mm-hmm. and it, it hits the wrong way or it rubs us the wrong way. We only noticed it because that's what we live. Right. But there's plenty of people in my other forums for allergies where this guy was joking about, you know, a kid couldn't eat ice cream because they had an allergy. And that's so stupid. And it exists everywhere. If And these comedians are making fun of everybody. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't live it, you don't notice it. Right. That's a very so, responsible way to think of it. A very mature way to think of it. Here's what I think about humor. Okay. It's very simple to me everything has to be able to be funny. 
because of the exact point you said. Like I, you know, there's a comedian that I like, and for years he would make fun of adopted people. And the first time I remember it hitting me right in the center of the chest, I was like, oh, I'm adopted. That's not funny. And then I thought, oh, no, wait a minute. If I wasn't adopted, would I have laughed at that? I would. So it is funny. And I just have a sensitivity to it. And so I just at that moment said to myself, if you're going to appreciate humor, then funny is funny. If it's funny, it's funny. And if it's not, it's not. But there's no in between. It's either funny or it's not funny. And you can't pick and choose. You can't say, well, that's funny, right? But that's not. It's not funny to be adopted. But, oh, it's super funny uh, to have a seeing eye dog need to take a walk. Uh, you know, like that, because that just it doesn't work that way. And if you're trying to make it work that way, you maybe should avoid humor altogether because it's not, I mean, I get the, like, my disease isn't your punchline kind of feeling. And the people who it's striking are having such a hard time probably at that moment that it's hard to hear. Um, but I have to say that if you put me in charge of the world, I think I would have agreed with what you said. Um, I think you just have to let let comedians be comedians. And sometimes they're going to say stuff that's offensive to you. And, you know, what's the option? They don't ever say anything offensive to anyone. And then comedy's gone just like that. You know? Yeah, you, you can turn it off. You can opt to not watch the show again. You can do whatever. But writing them letters um, about how your poor kid isn't the shouldn't be the butt of your joke. It, it's a little over the top because something needs to be the butt of the joke, like, or there won't be a joke. Exactly. Yeah. Like we're always laughing at something. Yeah. Everything. Laughing's and important. I've laughed at everything in my life. I've had to it sometimes because it's a way to de-stress. And you know what? Sometimes I hear these jokes about diabetes and I'll laugh at them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it hits me on a little more personal level or the kid that has an allergy and, you know, well, maybe the kids just shouldn't be alive or Darwinism or whatever. I laugh at it because, you know, I got to admit in the back of my head, I'm a very like cynical and kind of dark person. I have a dark sense of humor and it's funny. I mean, of course it's my kid. It's different, but I can see how it's funny. Yeah. Well, to somebody like he's saying you should go out and do that. He's a comedian. Yeah. It's a way of venting. It's a way of just expressing yourself and you might agree with it and you might not just like anything politics. You don't agree with it or like it's, it, you, it doesn't mean the other person's wrong. Everybody it has, means they don't agree with you. Yeah. Well, people are multifaceted. They have different experiences. Their context is different. And so they're going to find some stuff one way and some stuff another way. It just gets weird when you start telling people what they can say because exactly. it bothers you. And it's a slippery, very yeah. slippery. Slip I will admit, way. by the way, some comedians are just not as good as others. And so you can have someone tell a joke and it comes off really poorly. And another person can craft a similar joke where it feels more well thought out and constructed and and told and they do hit differently. Like some of it's just, you know, and people are just being mean to be mean. Um, that's probably hard to take, but there are some comedians who just go with mean and there's, you know, some people like that too. So just, yeah, like you said, like uh, avoid it if you don't want to hear it, but also to hunt it down just to be upset about it is, you know, if I didn't hear it, but you put it on Facebook, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm outraged. Like you're outraged. Like you didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, we and, have a, we have a or had a comedy festival in Montreal. 
that happens every year. That's a, a that's festival. one of the best comedy festivals in the world. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a show called The Nasty Show. And the comedians go there. And from what I understand, everything is very, just very nasty. And it can be funny. But occasionally we'll get like a news thing afterwards like, oh, this joke offended me because of this. And I'm like, it was The Nasty Show. You can't like pay for tickets to go to a show called The Nasty Show and then complain that the joke was nasty. You come out at the end and you're like, this was very, very nasty. <laughs> like, it, it, you, you have to expect it. We put it right in the title. <laughs> we, put it, we put it in the title. It's on the ticket. Well, I will say this about online um, discourse is that it's very cyclical. And if you're not around it for a long time, like I have been, you don't see it. It seems like there's this world where something's happening for the first time, but it's happening for the nine millionth time. And it's going to happen again when you're gone and someone new is going to come in and have this experience over again. There's only a certain amount of experiences to be had in the world. And you're watching people have them for the first time over and over and over again. It happens um, in politics. Every, every generation in politics this happens like you'll you'll watch like a a TV show from the eighties or the nineties that you know was the dramatization of politics and you'll think oh my god that's amazing the um the topics they're covering are the same exact topics that we're worried about today and I'm like yeah because there's only so many topics it's not be it's it's not you know what I mean it's not magical that they were talking about uh, school integration in the nineties and you're still worried about school integration now life is glacial like our 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 existence is a blip. And, you know, the way you get to real change is over massive amounts of time that far exceed a lifespan. And so as every new generation comes in, they experience the same problems. They go about them slightly differently because their context is different. And the older people look back and go, ah, we were dealing with that in the 60s. Like, yeah. And you still are, except you gave up on it now because you have a vacation home. So this guy's going to talk about it. And it's just going to keep happening and happening and happening. And that slowly drags progress forward at a speed that none of us can actually see. And that's why people repeat themselves, in my opinion. Although I'm a guy with a podcast and I could be 100% wrong. So, <laughs> but that's what I see. So that's it. So, all right, duly noted. Caitlin would like all of you in the Facebook groups to calm down. <laughs> Keep calm and carry on. Here's the funny thing, Caitlin. Those people who you see who are upset will one day mature into people who look back and go, huh, I remember when I got upset about that, but <laughs> turns out comedy's comedy. So everybody's just learning, you know? Yeah. This was good. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks uh, for talking to me. Yeah, I mean, even though you were Canadian, I did it. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard you talk to other Canadians, too, and those caribou jokes, I was kind of waiting for them. Well, it's the only Canadian reference I have. Mounties, caribou jokes, and hockey. I don't know anything about Canada. <laughs> I, I mean, wh what do you know about America? Um, Nothing. See? <laughs> I was going to go into it, but no. Like you don't know that. <laughs> I mean, mo honestly, most of our news is American anyways, because we just kind of like, you know, this nice thing happened in this community. Look what's happening down there. Why are there so many knife attacks in Canada, Caitlin? Because we don't have guns. That's, is that, that's why people stab each other because they don't have guns, right? Well, no, we, we shoot each other too, but we're just not as angry people. <laughs> you know, they probably started off being like, would you like a slice of cake? Stab, stab. Because they were... No, no. Yeah, I'm telling you, the, the it's that I've brought this we up before, well. but there's this 
um, amazing Twitter feed. It's about um, this one section. I don't even know where it's at, but they they cover the crime in this one section of Canada and just people stab each other at an alarming rate. That's the only crime. It's always just like, you know, man's naked in the kitchen, thinks he's a bird, and then it's, you know, stabbing. And then if somebody got stabbed, I'm like, oh, it's fascinating. But anyway, I'm not going to figure It's a very strange out. part of Canada. <laughs> man naked in kitchen thinks he's a bird yeah i i saw that one time or i'm making it up it's hard to know but anyway there are a lot of weird things it's it's just very i don't know and then i have this feeling that that's what canada is which of course it's not it's probably just the focus of our news it works a little bit differently you guys like the big sensational headlines and you guys want simpler focus on nice like stuff. a little bit of everything yeah kid found an old big wheel still works wishes it was a green machine like that kind of a thing and you're like oh my god that's amazing i remember green machine <laughs> but we called them rockets <laughs> oh my god all right caitlin get off of here you must have something to do <laughs> i'm supposed to be working but it's okay well thank you i really do appreciate you doing this i sincerely do yeah thanks for uh thanks for your time of course A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box. Don't forget, you can find the T1D Exchange at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box and of course that contour next one blood glucose meter is waiting for you right now at contournext.com forward slash juice box thanks so much for listening we'll be back soon with more who is will w-e apostrophe l-l it implies more than one person i am the only person here i'll be back soon with more i should have just said i will a will sounds better like the show is an entity, but it's not an entity. I'm literally the entirety of it. Or is it? If you collect me and the show together, is that Will? Again, not Will, like Will Robinson, or I died and left a Will, but Will, like Will, W-E apostrophe L. Let's try it again both ways, see what works better. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back soon with more Juicebox Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the Juicebox podcast. Does it matter? Is it just in my head? I don't think it matters.